Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. I'm here in Sevilla, Spain, with David Gower, the CEO of Emerita Resources. Uh, this is my second year returning to the site visit to see the growth of the company. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Emerita Resources, it's a Spanish um, uh, mining development exploration company which has a long history in Spain. Uh, they're currently the third largest landholder in the Iberian Pirate Belt of Spain. Uh, in 2020, after a five-year legal battle, they were awarded the IBW, uh, which property that has three high-grade uh, polymetallic deposits. Um, and then since then, they've won, uh, I believe it's nine other tenders that has increased their land package in Spain to become the third largest landholder. Um, IBW itself has grown as far as surface area uh, with the contiguous claims about 8x and then they were awarded the Nuevo Tintillo property which is uh, smack in the middle of the Rio Tinto mine which is the largest accumulation of massive sulfide ore in the history of the world and the Asna Collier land package. Uh, it's 24, 24 kilometers of that volcanic strike is tied up um, it's a really exciting property. I was there earlier today. And during all of this, they also entered into the tender for the Asna Collier land package, which contains four known deposits, two of which were production drilled and have over 100 million tons of remaining resources. Uh, and then that one was locked up in court because Emerita Resources was the only qualified bidder for the tender, the only one that did a feasibility level uh, tender of 10,000 pages, uh, modeled all the drill core data, um, plans for a mill, tailings, water management, and precariously it was awarded to a subsidiary of Grupo Mexico. Well, that's in court, and where that stands now is that 16 people have been charged with serious crimes for a total of almost 400 years in prison, as well as hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars of fines. Three levels uh, of court have ruled that crimes were committed in the awarding of the tender, as well as five superior court judges have un unanimously ruled that crimes were committed. And there is a judge assigned, a room assigned, and now there is a court date. Uh, I believe it's uh, in June or July of 2025, which is approximately a little over two years away. So today, what I want to focus on, which uh, a lot of people, I think, don't is what they do own 100% with no royalties in Spain. The IBW, which is running currently the largest drill program in Spain, one of the largest drill programs in the world with currently, I believe it's 15 rigs running uh, that will lead to a, a filing of a 43-101 around the first quarter of 2023. Um, so yes, that's where we are today. Uh, and so... David Gower, nice to see you again. Nice to see you, Doc. Yeah, it's, it's and, uh, welcome to Sevilla. I'm glad you could make the trip. Yeah, yeah, it was last minute, but I was glad that I was able to, able to jump on a plane and get over here. Um, I got to say, it's really fascinating uh, a year later to see how much the, the, the company has grown and what's going on. But um, I'll let you tell that yeah, story. Well, there's obviously, since we were here a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, because it was... Uh, right around the Minds and Money conference in London. Um, we've come a long way, as you, as you can well appreciate, our, our understanding of the geology regionally has greatly improved. Uh, at that time, we didn't have the permit to, uh, to drill on Romanera, so we'd really just had the drilling going on on, on Lanfanta. Um, and, you know, since basically July, we got our permit. We are now up to, I think, hole 94 actually is the one that the highest number uh, on the whiteboard uh, in the in the core shack. So we still have a lot of lot of uh, results in the lab uh, that we expect to come out in the coming months. And uh, with 14 drills, probably another at least two holes each drill between now and the end of the year, I would hope. Mm. Um, so we, we expect to be in good shape to put together a resource uh, in the first first part of next year possibly might have to push into the second quarter just because of the time it takes to get assays and uh, clearly you can't model an ore body until you have the, the grade mm. 
Yeah. I, I, so the geological models will be built, but we can't finalize it until we have the grade and, and, and can, can do the actual cutoff calculations. Right. I, I, I think when I was at the Korshak there, the, um, one of the uh, senior ge geos was saying they were, they were waiting, there's about 35 at the lab right now, and probably another dozen or so holes in being process yeah, between so being logged and being sampled yeah. and, or in shipping. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big volume of material. The <laughs> sample prep is done in Seville. Yeah. And the pulps are then sent to Ireland for the base metal and ICP analysis. And another set of pulps from the same sample obviously go to Romania for fire assay and gold, all with ALS. Uh, so it's a bit of a process and uh, the, the labs are very busy everywhere. Uh, so, um, for those who are not in the mining industry, what, 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 what's it like to go from essentially zero drake, uh, you know, I think you moved uh, three or four from Lanfanta in July to go to 14, 15 rigs now. It's more than just contracting the rigs, right? Like oh, totally. For one thing, you, you can't find a contractor with that many rigs, so we have six different contractors to manage. Right. Um, and obviously, it takes a lot of people and quite a few of them with, with very good technical skills to properly execute on a program like that. I must say I'm, I'm extremely proud of the team we have here and, uh, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Joaquin Marino, who, oh, who yeah. is based here, uh, who's ultimately you know, the person who has set up the staff and uh, done all of the work uh, with respect to getting this, this program up and running. And it's running at an extremely uh, high level in terms of it's, it's got a great safety record. Uh, we are taking exceptional care of the environment. Um, people wouldn't even have noticed while we were on the site visit, there was actually an environmental inspection going on. Hmm. And uh, Laura and Ishmael, who you would have met, you know, they handled those yeah, officials, yeah. they walked them around and uh, we, we we got perfect uh, uh, response in terms of we're, we're meeting all the obligations and then some with, with, with respect to that. So that doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. Um, it it uh, takes some real diligence, particularly on safety. Uh, we have a lot of very young uh, uh, employees, as you've seen, which, mm -hmm. is, which is really, really wonderful that it you get so much enthusiasm from a workforce like that and and, and sprinkled among them are some really really strong seasoned people to mentor them and teach them so we are running uh, a training program both for geologists geotechs and 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 also just people who are going to work uh, you know around the core shacks etc plus we have uh, made a pact with our drill contractors that they should hire helpers uh, so obviously the, the from the local community the, the driller is is a highly skilled position but mm -hmm. the the drill helpers again uh, from the local community as much as possible uh, in order that they get trained uh, they, they can go on and work anywhere else uh, later on and for us it's 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 just so important we have probably between us and the drill companies around 200 people no oh, that's pretty and substantial. small villages so it's a, it's a it's a force yeah um on an esg level we actually have uh, two drills on the property that are completely i was going to say manned by women but that's it's <laughs> a bit of a yeah. operated uh operated by women yeah. by women crews yes and uh so that's that's i mean i've been doing this for a long time and that's a first in, in my experience so yeah, yeah good for them their productivity is is exactly the same as as everybody else's they they have done some innovative things with their drills that uh, allow them to handle the very heavy mm -hmm. uh, rod strings and things like that mechanically and efficiently. And uh, so, yeah, great that, job. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, you know, considering um, where the company came from just two years ago and, you know, uh, out, outside of obviously what the company is doing, creating value for the community and the shareholders through delineating these these deposits and discovering new ones. You uh, sponsor literacy programs, there's um, a soccer team, there's uh, such uh, a great community engagement. 
um, which, which is really great to see, you know. Um, yeah. So, um, you won IBW in 2000, and you, you had an objective there. So, you know, how, how would you view, how, 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 how are you doing at fulfilling those goals? Because you started with La Infanta, it was 800,000 tons at 26% zinc equivalent. Uh, there's Alcura, which historically 2 million tons, and Rio Tinto's internal data of very good grades, copper dominant. And then Romanera, which was uh, 40, or 30, 30. 34 million tons, of which there's the high grade. 11 million tons. 11 million tons, because you're an underground we're, focus. we're focused on underground mining because yeah. uh, for, for a number of reasons. Um, but the biggest one is environmental. Uh, the, mm -hmm. These deposits, because of the, the shape of them, uh, as open pits, they very quickly develop a, a very big stripping ratio. Right. So you're 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 taking out eight to ten tons of waste for every ton of ore, mm -hmm. and that has to be put somewhere. And basically, it's in yeah. huge piles. And in, in these types of deposits, the waste often contains sulfide as well. Right. So acid. these are acid generating waste piles. So right. it's just not a responsible way to develop these deposits. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing with, with going <coughs> underground, they are at surface, so we, we, we don't have to put in shafts, so the capital is very reasonable. Yeah. And uh, you actually have a, the ability to start mining where you can have enhanced revenues to get your payback quicker. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, whereas with an open pit, you have to work your way down. Yeah. You know, what, if it's the worst ore, the lowest grade ore, the highest grade ore, uh, you, you have to take what's there. You, you, know, mm. you obviously can't stop, start below and work your way up in a pit. Right. Um, now, at Romanera, actually, there is a really nice slug of thick, high-grade sulfides near, near the upper part of that, so it might have been okay, but uh, I think we'll, we'll stay with our, our plan to... to proceed and drill it off as an underground yeah and we should have the bulk of it at least of what we know of it today in, in measured and indicated i would hope mm -hmm. uh, when we do our resource uh, that's our intent um i don't think we'll be finished the drilling uh, on the schedule that we laid out just because it's it's continuing to get big so no, that's not what a bad, I, you know, it's, it's it's a bad problem. A, not a bad problem to have. That's a champagne problem. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. So we will we will lock in a cutoff date at some point. Yeah. And and go ahead. We'll we'll know we have enough, but we'll continue to expand the deposit as we're doing the, the uh, studies. So. As one of the largest retail uh, private shareholders, let me tell you, I will not be upset if you delay putting out a resource because you're going to be adding five or ten more million tons than originally uh, uh, planned. So uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. But so uh, I, I want to circle back to the land Fanta. So that was the first deposit that you drilled. So it was the easiest to permit because the, the, the right. it's in a slightly different uh, zone, differently zoned area for land use. So, so, so without uh, making any you know, statements that will get you in trouble for regulatory, um, would you say you had a goal going into uh, delineating that deposit. Uh, how do you feel the results have been of of your, your labor uh, to do that? Um, in Fanta, we, we continue to drill there. Mm. So it's, it's continuing to grow. Uh, for us, Romanera is clearly the, the highest priority on the property because it's by far the largest. Mm. So the economics of the, prop, of the project and of the three deposits really ride on getting Romanera across the line mm. because uh, that project alone will support the mill and all the all the infrastructure that's required you know for production then Alcura and, and Infanta they become very valuable options that, that can come into that mill whenever we're ready right so if we want to add it up front and have some of that high-grade uh, Infanta ore coming in, we can do that. Or if we want to delay the capital on Infanta until we're cash flowing then on Romanera. Hmm. I mean, all, we haven't clearly gone through the, the feasibility process yet to sort of look right. at those sequences in detail. But 
Um, typically, those types of deposits have a very high NPV uh, because they're brownfield expansions. Right. So it's it's pretty simple. Most of the capital is already has already been uh, deployed for the big mine, so the capital is just just the ramp essentially for, right. for these uh, on a brownfield expansion. So, so this project for people should think of this then uh, if they're not already familiar with it, that it's, it's really like a uh, spoken hub operation where you plan to have one centralized mill fed by multiple deposits, much like a uh, metogamy or Kid Creek, that sort of thing. Yeah, not so much Kid, because Kid is just one giant deposit, but certainly Metogamy, uh, yeah. Ruan Naranda camp, right. that was the case there, many, many deposits in both of those camps, Valdor. Okay. And the same types of deposits, actually. Um, so yeah, that, that would be the concept. It, and, and I, I mean, I don't know uh, how big this thing is going to get at this point, mm. but it's, it's really starting to... Uh, take the shape of what could be, I think, a, a, a pretty impressive VMS system. Uh, we were looking at some data today that shows the the vertical extent of deposits in the pyrite belt right. tend to be a multiple of the horizontal uh, uh, strike length. Right. They just, they, they, so right now we've drilled in uh, Romanera down to Maximum about 450 meters depth, mm -hmm. but it's 650 meters strike. So if you do a multiple of 650 meters, even if it's only 2x, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Depth, potentially. Yeah, right, right. But, you know, it, it's, I mean, they're all slightly different. I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting for a minute that mm. that will be the case until you drill it. You just don't know, but that, that's a pretty constant ratio in yeah. this camp. And as far as publicly released data, um, if I recall, some of the uh, the deeper drilling at Roman era, you have these wide sections of, you know, 20, 30 meters of massive sulfide. Uh, so it's not like it's petering out. So, uh, so far, so far, yeah. it seems to be open everywhere. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, the progress, uh, I mean, we haven't calculated, well, we don't have the assays to do it, uh, where where we are exactly in the score sheet. And just in, in looking at it, our footprint now is quite substantially bigger than the footprint that was there in that right. initial resource calculation. So mm. uh, a lot goes on internally in those things, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I do believe we'll, we'll see us a likely improvement over what was there before. Let's, let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is, uh, you would have met our, our, uh, our regional geologist, yeah. Ian uh, Harvesty. Uh, he, he's just finding some really interesting things and in, in figuring out the structure. So, yeah. if you recall that Infanta, uh, we have that, the Infanta is a long linear deposit, uh, basically on a contact between sediments and rhyolites, which is very typical of these types of systems. Mm -hmm. And we had a gravity uh, anomaly, a, a linear one that looked very much like Infanta to the north. Mm -hmm. uh, and when we did the uh, EM, uh, it showed up as a conductor. And we did drill it. And we did hit sulfides in every hole. And, mm -hmm. and essentially, Ian described this anti-formal structure where you've got a limb that's folded over and, and a thrust fault in it. Um, and, and so we're seeing, we believe, the same thing at Roman era, which is a long strike. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we believe at this point, Infanta and Alcura are on what would be the southern limb of this antiform. Mm -hmm. And Roman era is probably on the north limb. Uh, we're seeing actually some really interesting geophysical anomalies on the south limb at, at Roman era. Which now, that lines up with the La Infanta. And, that's right. Yeah. Now it's not tested, and uh, if it's if it's mineralized, it doesn't come to surface. Mm. So it would be a blind discovery. But uh, given the amount of metal on this property, 
it's a pretty darn interesting place. Yeah. We'll drill some holes when we're ready. For now, I, I you know, there are, are quite a few other things that the guys are saying that would be interesting to go after, but we'd rather just stay focused and get that Roman era piece put together, and then we can start to step back and, and think more broadly about the rest of the property. But uh, even, even a long strike to the west, uh, you can stand there and now that Ian has kind of walked that contact out, he's finding Roman or British uh, workings all the way along, and in fact, uh, off, off the end of our property. But we do actually have the property extension all the way to the Portuguese border now. Right. So. so so they're not on the, um, the original IBW property? No. They're on the Ontario, on Ontario which you, you were granted. Yeah. yeah. So we're waiting for the final... Uh, granting of that that license it's, it's paperwork at this point it's mm. been it's once it's on the website uh which it has been for a long time yeah in your name that they basically have granted it to you subject to then doing whatever paperwork it seems to take them quite a bit of time to do now i don't want to be too harsh here because they the the government people that we're working with particularly the department of environment and the department of mines out of welba mm. they are really supportive and and uh they're working well with us and uh, similarly with the, the mayors in the communities uh, I think we've got a very good uh, relationship with with everybody all, all the stakeholders at mm -hmm. this point so um, that helps a lot yeah yeah and well you're also running a huge program as it is so yeah yeah you know uh, you can add the, it's uh, a big investment for those communities, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, you can always add those exploration targets after you've actually defined the edges of the Roman era. And, yeah, yeah. which, you know, when, when does that come? Who knows? Next year, the year after? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it uh, could be like a bathroom situation where there's quite a few deposits on that, on that contact. So. With uh, uh, Roman era going into it, um, I remember... Initially, one of the things that also attracted me to this project was the upside through uh, the lack of assaying fully of the uh, precious metals uh, within the, uh, the Roman era deposit. So you had a thesis that they were underreported. Under the data historically had supported that that hadn't been done. And now that you're doing full assays, how do you find the results in comparison to historical? Well, we're certainly seeing, a, it looks like... Uh, the, the guys have done a pretty good job of trying to domain the, the deposit because the precious metals don't occur everywhere and uh, so they've, they've kind of mapped that out now. It looks like there's a kind of a central wedge through what we're seeing right now, a fairly large one of more precious metal rich material hmm. and then on either side of it uh, more base metal rich. That, that's in very broad terms. Um, and it kind of makes sense because precious metals, I, I suspect, uh, are probably overprinted, maybe late in the system. Okay. Um, somebody will do a PhD one day and actually answer that question. Right. That's that's my gut. And so that kind of linear sort of uh, wedge or, or central wedge probably relates to some structural feature that had to do with the, you know, the fluids that brought the metals in. Mm. Uh, so. That's a thumb suck at this point. <laughs> Nobody's studied in detail, but you know, just as an observation. So we do have a, a, a it looks like a fairly clear uh, section of the deposit that's got, and and probably amounts to about half of the half of what we've seen so far. Yeah, uh, it's quite a quite a big. When I say wedge, it's a big big slug of it. Um, that that will have enhanced grades. Some of them are spectacularly enhanced, like yeah. seven to ten grams, but a lot of it is, you know, two and a half to, to three and a half sort of thing. Yeah. But with also good silver. Right. And uh, even two and a half grams, I mean, it's still a pretty significant credit. Yeah. You know. So in that uh, precious, precious metals area, because the grade is, you know, so much higher than the the grade and, and the other two zones that are base metal dominant. Um, so would you then, you know, and 
thinking forward here, it's in production. So then you would do uh, a precious metals concentrate then, I would imagine, versus what you would do for the base metals to, tr to get enhanced recoveries, potentially, right? Yeah, we, we just don't know yeah. at this point. Yeah. We, we, we are interviewing uh, companies to do the metallurgical testing. Okay. So that'll, that'll start next year as well. Good. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that is certainly an option that will be studied. Yeah. You know, whether it, it, it just depends on how it shakes out. But if you get really good recoveries of the precious metals, say, into the copper and lead concentrates, mm -hmm. that would probably be enough. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you're leaving too much of it behind, then you're likely going to try to do something like a, a fourth concentrate. Yeah. Like a, a sulfide slash precious metal con and uh, we, do, we just don't know a lot about the gold at this point it, mm. it, we have sent samples uh, to, to one of the universities to get them to examine so we can see is it free gold, is it on fractures is it, mm. is it tied up directly into the sulfide crystals you know, just, just to get a sense for, for where it is because uh, typically in a, in a massive sulfide you're not going to see physical gold. Right, right. So. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's really fascinating. So we have Roman era that originally, you know, 11 million tons. The footprint has vastly expanded to the historical. We also have, uh, to the West, uh, more uh, historical workings that no one had uncovered until recently that go off the property that are a long strike. Um, precious metals are coming in higher than in, in the historic. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think that's, that's very interesting, very compelling for sure. Um, um, so, uh, so before we had talked, so they had this uh, 34 million ton pit shell, and within that you had 11 million tons. So currently you've, you're, you're drilling within that 34 million ton uh, shell area, as well as outside of it, and you've encountered grades that are high grade outside of that, what was in that shell, so tons will conceivably then migrate within the, re the broad resource area into the high-grade tonnage. And then you're also getting uh, hits of high-grade outside of that 34 million ton shell. So it's expanding on both levels. Is that, is that, am I conceiving that correctly? I think that that's right. Yeah. But uh, until we model it, because we, we don't actually have the resource report that Rio Tinto did. Right. So we, we have reports of their work and whatnot, but we don't have the details about how they... I assume it was a, a, a hand-done poly polygonal resource or, okay. early, or early computer poly polygonal resource that would have been done. So with the type of modeling that we do now in 3D, um, it just has a much different outcome, much truer. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, the 34 million tons should be very close. I mean, the Rio Tinto would not have yeah, calculated yeah. A, a, a resource for sure. Mm. At that time, they were running the, the Nevis Corvo mine, so you know they had people who do that for a living. Um, but when we do our modeling, particularly with the influence of the precious metals, it probably won't represent, uh, it won't look that close to what they have because there are areas where we we have high precious metals and low base metals that they definitely would have left out of the 11 million tons. Probably right. would be in the 34 sort of thing. Yeah. So it's going to be a well, I think because of the precious metals, it will have better continuity. The high grade is what's going to happen. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. And then of course you did mention, and and people can see that on the long sections in in our uh, in our presentation or in our press releases that quite a few of the holes are outside of the. The uh, the outline that that we put around where the historical drilling was, so uh, that alone should expand. Yeah, uh, things you know, pro provided what's internal uh, holds up, and there are over fifty holes on the internal part. So 
you know, that's that's a lot of information. It should be close. And uh, the other, well, the other thing is you're aware the the upper part of the the uh, existing historical resource mm-hmm. um, is some of the best drill results that from the historical work we had. Uh-huh. Much of that was not assayed for gold. Okay. But it's some of the thickest and highest grade base metal values from their work. So uh-huh. and we've got the platform set up now and that, that'll start in, in next week or so. Mm-hmm. And you know, there there should be a few million tons actually just in that part of the deposit alone that nice. that will and we'll be delivering obviously some great assays of that just based on the historical work. It's not much mystery to it. Right, right. It just adds to the confirmation and, to it and uh, so that'll be exciting. Um, it's I'm glad you brought up the continuity aspect because uh, I would imagine historically if they didn't assay, you know, some areas for the precious metals to them, it would look like there's this high grade um, zone up top in the middle. There's some um, base metals, and you know they didn't do the work for the precious metals, and then high grade base metals below. But now that you're doing the full assays, instead of it being a zone, and then a really great zone, and then a zone, and then a really great zone, it's more linear now. It's more a column, if you will, uh, for so the compared to the historical, then um, you're seeing much better or better continuity than existed. Before you started drilling, I, I assume we are. Yeah. Okay. Because we don't have that's fair that level of detail. If we had their actual report, we'd be able to say that. But yeah. But I, I think it appears to me in many cases the difference between the high grade that they had outlined and the larger low grade resource was they just they had similar footprints, but they just uh, only took the higher grade part of an intersection. So. They might have had 30 meters, for example, that when you average it out would be modest grade. To get the high grade, they, they might only include, say, five meters of that. Okay. So, uh, unlike, say, Asno Coyer, where Boliton was sort of, because they were in an open pit, they were on the edge of the deposit, uh, but the high grade there and the bigger thicknesses, they're actually a nice chunk, you know, a little bit deeper down, and so believe me, eventually would have you know got the pit deep enough to get into that. But uh, yeah. um, I'm not sure that was the case the way that we were hinted at this. Okay. For us, it might be. Um, well, certainly that big, big area that we just talked about that we haven't drilled yet. Yeah. Uh, that would represent something like that. Like, like a nice high grade top to bottom section, which would be responsible for. A significant portion of that 11 million tons. So, yeah. Um, and that also is very good for us because it's a yeah, it's right. area to start mining. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's right. It's close to service you, and it's you, thick you, and it's... You get your payback a lot got, quicker. Uh, you know, it'd be easy, easy to lay up the mine time on that one. Um, so what, what, what does success look like here as far as... Um, the size of the amount of tons to then contemplate a feasibility study or, or pre-feasibility study. Well, or, or honestly, that... if, if we uh, if we come up with 11 million tons of the grade that um, Rio Tinto indicated, but with better precious metal values, even slightly better, most companies would do a feasibility on that. Yeah. If you look at the comp chart that Claris put together, mm-hmm. Compare IBW with uh, Foran Mining's uh, Maclavana Bay deposit or Adriatic Minerals. Mm. Both of those deposits are almost the same. Yeah. And Adriatic is almost in production. They're they're mm. they're through. You know they're well down the way on their construction. So they have basically twelve million tons of what the way well the way that Claris calculated the equivalent was nine percent zinc equivalent. I think. Right. That's the same thing they see at uh, Roman Era. That's the same thing they calculated for uh, Foran. So yeah, it's that's already a good deposit. If we come up with something, I do expect we will come up with something larger than that. It just you know it, it 
it just makes the economics that much stronger. So right, good. Um, stay tuned. I, I mm-hmm. hope hopefully we'll be very pleasantly surprised. But you know, I want to be a little bit uh, mm. conservative here and and yeah. not to until you know until we have it drilled and the assays back. Yeah, you don't have it. So yeah, yeah, of course, of course, and that's really not that far away. No, that's yeah. you know Q one is around the corner. So yeah. Um, and that so that that means we've got uh, at least fifty. Well, right now there's about fifty holes to report, and then there'll be quite a few more in the next month or two. And then at some point you have to, or you don't have to, but at some point you'll draw a line in the sand. But you'll keep drilling and go. We're just going to put these in the resource because we have the data on that, and we want to get the resource out. Yeah. And then people can just do the math themselves and go, okay, well, from that date on, they have this intercept, this intercept, this intercept, this intercept, this intercept. Yeah. So if the tons in the uh, resource are X, then the actual tons are X plus these other results. Yeah. And we'll update the resource uh, you know, more than once. Yeah, of course. But also the reason to lock it in is we, need, we want to get on with the process. So, yeah. uh, you know, to convert from an exploration license to an exploitation license, okay. you... you you have to have a resource, you have to have some kind of economic study. To do mm-hmm. an economic study, you have to have a resource. You have right. to have some metallurgy. So there's a pragmatic reason also to cut it off so yeah. that we can get that that process rolling as quickly as possible. And we already have. We started the baseline work in April. Nice. So we, we need a year of baseline data. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think the timing will work pretty well with Roman Era coming along uh, The, the sequence of events should line up very well with, with that convert converting to right. hopefully an exploitation license and, and say next year or, or, or early the following year. Yeah, and as say. a shareholder, that, that adds more value because a project that has an exploitation license is more valuable than one that has an exploration license. Well, exploration licenses you renew every three years. Exploitation licenses for 90 years with 30-year renewals. So. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it it's it also telegraphs to everybody that it's a there's an economic yeah. uh, or at least something that has a serious economic prospect here mm. looking to be developed and allows you to really start you know formal community engagements and and, and all the other things that you need need to do yeah. with respect to developing a project like this. Mm. Um, and then let's not forget about our other little bit yes, over there, yes. Nueva Tintillo. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, you know, we stood uh, only about a hundred meters from where we were today uh-huh. last year, but we we hadn't really started to work that project last year. Yeah. Yes. And again, the guys have done a really good job of understanding the geology. We've got the airborne, of course, that we did this summer, mm. and uh, really like what we're seeing. And you're you're standing there on on the. Santa Flores, where the old mine was, uh, looking across the valley at Rio Tinto, mm. and and basically our geologists are seeing every similarity to to, to what's over there, and as was explained, we have two types of deposits basically in the camp, mm. uh, so like an Infanta is is one. Roman era is is the other. Uh, you see the same at uh, at Rio Tinto. There's several deposits that make up that that huge huge tonnage that's there, and some of them are hosted within the rhyolites, which mm-hmm. would be hotter typically, a little bit higher grade. But the bulk of the tonnage is always seems like in, in the shales in these systems at the contact with the rhyolites. Yeah, that that, and, uh, that was kind of fun because uh, I, you know, there was a bunch of us there, and I, I have my rock hammer, and and in in the the, the subcrop there, you can chip away, and, and you can see the, uh, the 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 copper oxide in, yeah. in the rock, right? And uh, so that's basically stringer type mineralization, yeah. which is indicative that everything there was a feeder system working here. Yeah, of course, we've got two small mines that are probably. Close to a century ago, mm. so they're not that relevant from a production standpoint. But the basically, in that era, they didn't really 
have much of a market for zinc. So it was they were looking for mm. copper. Um, but the other thing, as as we were standing there, now that they've done, they've walked the ground, is it's not just those two mines. You can look across the valley. Mm -hmm. There's a kill zone down there from historical production that may go back to the war, uh, to, to the Romans even, like where they yeah. they would have uh, basically built a big pyre, uh, piled up the sulfides in there, and, and same same way they started in Sudbury, just yeah. set it on fire. The, the sulfur catches fire, and burns so hot that it melts every, everything you go in and get the metal after yeah. Iron Age type, type smelting, I guess. But, um, you know, but there's numerous other workings over, you know, at least another kilometer to, to the west towards Rio Tinto's mm -hmm. mine from, from where we were standing and, and going the other way as well. So it's a very well mineralized area. Geologically, it's got everything that you need to see. Um, we've got really good EM anomalies from our airborne survey that are coincident with, uh, with gravity anomalies. Mm -hmm. The gravity that we have there is government uh, data and it's very coarse. So we are going to uh, do a detailed survey over here, it merits it. Mm -hmm. And the combination of gravity and, uh, and EM is, is a pretty key uh, tool in this part of the world. Yeah. Um, and then we, sh you know, we, we actually have targets we could set up and drill today, but if we do this one more step, I think it just, uh, often it just saves you quite a few meters, so you're not prospecting <coughs> with the drill, you're actually directly targeting right. the metal. So it's, it's very exciting, you know, you, yeah. it, you're between Asma Coyer, First Quantum on one side, and Rio Tinto and Echo Blank uh, on the other side, or, sorry, Agostinidis. The blank was the nickel deposit in the north. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, on the other side, so it's 25 kilometers of some of the most productive stratigraphy anywhere, certainly in this part of the world. Yeah. And really unexplored in modern times. So. And I, I would imagine a discovery there provides quite a bit of optionality because you have the Rio Tinto mine on one side that is mining extremely low grade that potentially could need feed. And then there's the Azincoyer, which, you know, trucking distance. There will be a mill there at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, yeah, that's and, exciting. And uh, as you've seen, the roads in this area are fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, well. Know, it, the infrastructure is, is incredible. It, it, it's, yeah, I've, I've done quite a few site visits. It's, it's not often that you can actually take a paved highway uh, right next to it, and there's a town right next to a Tier 1 deposit like the Azincoyer. Yeah which, uh, you know, I'm of the belief, uh, as well as the five Superior Court judges, that crimes were committed and thus Amarita <laughs> will be awarded uh, that yeah. project uh, at some time in 2025. I think March is the date, March 3rd. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and just Spain, as far as a jurisdiction, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a mining culture, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Like you, your 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 workforce goes home at night to their own beds. Yeah, you don't have to build a camp. Um, you know, as far as uh, equipment and skilled labor, uh, an abundance, um, and costs are pretty low. Like drilling compared to what people are paying in North America is very very attractive. Yeah, it's very competitive. Yeah, yeah. and in part because those same things yeah. for the companies doing the work. They don't have to put in camps either. You yeah. Know, they can rent a house or whatever. Put yeah. Crews in or hotels in rural rural Spain are not that expensive either. And it's off season anyway for a lot of this, and mm -hmm. uh, you know these guys not have to negotiate a monthly rate. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a very cost effective. So as far as capital structure, um, you'll wrap up this program. Uh, some well. You'll draw a line in the sand and do the results cal calculation and keep drilling. Um, how do you look for, uh, how does the treasury look upon completion of the 70, 80,000 meters and after doing the uh, resource estimate? Um, no, we're, we're still going to be in very good shape, I think, yeah. uh, when we're done. Um, I mean, we are pulling some other activities forward as well, so it's not going to mm -hmm. be, but we, we were budgeting to kind of finish the program with about 10 million in the treasury. Oh, that's healthy, yeah. Uh, we'll, it won't 
quite be that high, I believe, because you know we pulled together, pulled forward a lot of the activity for the permitting, mm. um, and some of the other things that we're doing at uh, at Nueva Tintillo and things like mm. that. So, but those are not high high burn items. You know? Yeah, the big burn is fourteen drills, fifteen right. drills. Actually. Yeah, and you know, once we locked in the the drilling for the resource, we likely reduce that because it's you, you really ha can't run a program with that many drills unless you're doing some sort of infill because right. uh, otherwise you'll end up with holes missing and you don't know where to stick the drill the next time and you just end up wasting money. So right. uh, it's a logical uh, thing that will evolve, you know. Yeah. Even at mine sites, you know. That have been operating, you, you don't often see 14 drills, or really ever. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I think about what Island, uh, Alamos is doing at Island Lake, for example, they're drilling off a massive resource there, but you know, and they're mining. So, if they count their underground sort of development rigs, they might have that many, but if pure, purely exploration, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's not required. We'll be sort of knocking off tons and looking for new discoveries. It'll be a, uh, the, the burn rate should drop quite quite dramatically. Okay, well that's good. Um, so to to wrap it up then, so between uh, between now and you know the first quarter of two thousand twenty three, we're looking at at least probably fifty drill holes to be reported. Um, so, what, what what other catalysts should we be looking for in two thousand twenty three? There is. Well, I think the biggest and most important one, obviously, is the resource. Right. Um, the. You know, the metallurgy will get done. We'll we'll go straight into. I, I would like, uh, if possible, to go into pre peaks. Okay. And, and skip the PEA stage. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of data, so... It, it really, yeah. I mean, the reason people have to do PEAs is because you need to include inferred resources in, in your calculation for the economics. Okay. So under under Canadian regulations, uh, you can't call it a pre-fease if, if you're using inferred resources. Yeah. So well, you're doing drill density. Our, our intent is to try to have enough in M&I yeah. that we, we don't need to do that. If we... if. I mean, if the, if it does turn out that we need more, I mean, we we won't really know till they do the, do the geostatistics. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna call it the PEA, but mm. the engineering work around it and the uh, you know the other the other aspects will be done to pre-fees mm. uh, levels. That's that's my intent. I I don't want to spend four months doing a study and then have to turn around and do another one. Right. right. You know, uh, it just it it just. It's a time waster in a way to come up with the same outcome. And uh, are you uh, you have plans to drill then on Nuevo Tintillo in two thousand twenty three? Um, yeah, we definitely will. At least those four main targets. That okay. They're, they're looked at. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, and it's already permitted to go. So right. So we have further delineation uh, of La Infanta. Alcura comes into the mix at some point in the next short while, depending on. Probably January we'll have a drill or yeah, yeah. or two, um, and there's of course some other anomalies around Roman era yeah. that need an explanation. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I, we we probably stick a few holes into some of these things just mm. just to see what's there. And when, when, once you have the uh, pre-feasibility study, it takes you know say four months. Um, It'll probably take a bit longer. Yeah. So, so we're probably looking at that sometime, maybe towards the end of two thousand twenty-three. It could be completed, or into early two thousand twenty-four. Yeah. Then, you then have what you need to also get the ex exploitation permit, yeah. as well as to, uh, I would imagine, to apply to the Euro Fund, the, the three point two billion dollar uh, fund that is to support mining it and Lucia. Yeah, possibly. Um, uh, yeah, we're we have a, a consultant uh, uh, going through the the documents related to that fund to, mm. to, to advise us as to what would be the appropriate uh, time. 
I'm not sure if they'll do it at that stage or they want to wait until it's really a construction decision. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're looking into that. and uh, But, you know, it's, it's clearly a very good message being sent yeah. by both the Andalusia government <coughs> and the EU that they're supporting mining in this region. Yeah. And also, outside of that fund, there's also the... The, the law that, the, or the proclamation that was made in Andalusia that underground mining is going to be treated with preferential uh, economic treatment uh, uh, for development and uh, support from... Yeah, it, it's, I think the way they phrased it, it's, a, it's declared a preferred economic activity. Yeah. And the government would, it's not expedite, but they would certainly make it a priority in yeah. terms of... Uh, uh, making sure that the permitting process, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't get bogged down. It'd be great if Canada did obviously, that. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, we have to do our part because yeah. not very often you can sit and complain about them, and it's, it's you, you, you were the problem. But that's that's not going to be the case. I can tell you, we're pretty pretty amped up on this one. That's awesome. Plus, well, I'm getting to an age where I want to get this done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, get it done. You know, uh, this is probably going to be my, my closing remark here is that, you know, you got these permits and at the time you had about 25 million in the bank. You could have very easily just drugged this out for years, mobilize three, four drills and take years to drill this thing out. Instead, what I'm hearing is we got the permits, we wrapped up over six months from zero to 14, 15 drills. At the same time, we're also doing the work to get the exploitation per permit. We are working on the metallurgy. Uh, you know, we're running uh, gravity on the other property to develop targets for uh, a concurrent drill program as we go into a p potential pre-feasibility in the next year on, on this, this property, as well as continuing to expand the known deposits like La Infanta and uh, have a, a pretty strong plan to uh, also delineate the third deposit and grow this tonnage as swiftly as possible, but also in a capital discipline way that you have a plan to, once you do get the resource, to pull back so that you can still keep adding to it, <coughs> but without wasting capital by having all these drill, drills running uh, nilly, nilly willy. Um, so, I really like that when I when I when I hear that from from a, a CEO that that they aren't just twiddling their thumbs, uh, you know, uh, burning the treasury. Uh, you you actually are getting it done, and that is awesome. When you put it that way, <clears throat> yeah, it's actually exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and and you know the the, you know we have a court date. That's fantastic. You know, uh, you know would I like it to be next week, next month, sometime in the next year? Yes, but it's yeah. government. You can't control that. But but there is a hard line. Yeah, well, you we, know? We, you know, one of the guys showed me in the paper today, there's another major trial similar to this one just announced, and it's after hours. Yeah. So yeah. that's just what the backup is in the court system here after yeah. COVID. Yeah. It's, it's that long. This is a huge case. Yeah. 16 people. Can you think of another case anywhere where there's 16 people, you know, being charged or actually being sentenced? Yeah. Uh, so only the most senior judges can hear a case like this yeah. and close it out. There are relatively few of those. Um, when you're that senior a judge, you're close to retirement. Yeah. So it's been explained to me that some of them just there's 14,000 pages of documentation in yeah. this trial. It's a big load to take on for yeah. someone who's actually possibly thinking about <laughs> heading for greener pastures. So uh, the the judge that was named uh, by reputation and, and has been explained to me is, is highly regarded. He is the most senior judge in that court. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, he he will do the right thing, and uh, he won't be intimidated by anybody or anything. So. so it is a very, you know, it's a it's a very complex case involving a lot of people mm. and, and 
requires a, a very senior uh, judge to, mm -hmm. to actually handle something of this scale. And you know, that's it. We, we see other large cases right now that are being announced since we got our date that are going to be heard after ours. So it's not, it's it's not anything to do with the case or any, any other theories that people might have. It's just yeah. a reflection of the load on the courts after COVID, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like uh, some people had well, speculated that there was some kind of conspiracy going on to purposely delay this or whatnot, but as you're seeing other cases of this similar value where high-profile cases are getting dates after after yours. Um, but the main thing is that 16 are going to it's, sentence it. It's firm, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, five superior court judges uh, ruled crimes were committed in three levels of court. Uh, almost 400 years uh, of possible uh, sentences being passed down. And for, for me, one thing I will say is it, it had become almost such a focus for people that they were not watching what was going on at IBW. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm really going to be happy that for the next year at least we can have a focus on that because it's a fantastic project Yeah, and it's going to get better. So that's, yeah. that's where I would like to leave it is that stay tuned on that one. It's going to, it's going to be a pleasant surprise. That, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe IBW will eclipse. Dare to dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, I, I have to go to the airport, so yeah. uh, uh, thank, you, thank, you, thank you for having me here. It was, I had a great time seeing all the properties and talking to everyone and uh, just seeing how, how much the company has grown. Like, uh, it's, uh, and uh, uh, your team, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. concur. What a, what, a, what a great world-class team. Like, your, your, your Korshaks are the best Korshaks I've ever seen. They're so efficiently run, clean, and... Uh, yeah, to, to, to put the volume of core through there in such a methodical way, it's, um, yeah. Well, and I think the feedback we got from institutional investors that were on this trip also is very positive. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to follow up with them in the coming weeks and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I suspect we could have some new shareholders coming out of this, so that's yeah. obviously something that we always try to do is, is to... Uh, convince large banks that this is a good project to get behind. So. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely one in a million for sure. Yeah, good stuff. Great. All right. Thank you, Doc. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. So uh, that was David Gower, the CEO of Amarita Resources. Um, if, if you, if you want to know my, my uh, in-depth analysis, you can find it on CEO.ca. I've got a lot of reports on there outlining the 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 value the potential value of what the company is worth just with IBW and uh, for me it's uh, considerably higher than it is today and uh, yeah so that's something uh, people can do and again nobody pays me to do this uh, this is just me uh, talking about why I invest into a company and and sharing my due diligence. So your job as an investor is not to take everything as gospel and do your own homework and vet everything that you hear and make your own decisions and own your own outcomes. Uh, I'll be looking forward to the uh, initial resource coming out uh, sometime in the next uh, few months. And then uh, we'll do an update and uh, potentially put out a, an NPV calculation, uh, which will, uh, will be pretty exciting. All right, take care.